Greetings, friend. In our hyper-international environment, is leadership training missing something if it does not take into account the different experience of women leading across cultures? Would a general leadership program without a particular focus on the way that women are received in different cultures, would that training be lacking something important for women leaders? Welcome to the Intercultural Toolbox podcast. My name is Richard Farkas. This is episode 16. My guest today is creating a comfortable environment in which to have uncomfortable conversations. It's a mutually supportive space for difficult cross-cultural topics. But if that sounds a bit general, a bit fuzzy for you, We're actually talking about a very concrete project which is up and running and for its first group of participants, it's been a great success. This is my interview with another super productive interculturalist and in our conversation, we got the following culture count. Italian culture came up four times. Maltese culture came up twice, as did Mediterranean cultures generally. Afghanistan, Brazil, Northern Italian culture specifically, and United Kingdom culture all came up too. So, I'm honoured to bring you Viviana Bremazzi. Viviana Premazzi, welcome to the Intercultural Toolbox podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine, and I'm so looking forward to diving into our main topic today, which is the Women's Leadership Development Programme Across Cultures and Generations. It's a fascinating topic, something you've been working on a long time. You're a great expert in this field, and I'd love to hear a lot more about it. But before we do that, let me just check. Do we have an elephant in the room with us? I mean, we're in a virtual room. Elephants don't use laptops, so no, there's no elephant in the room. But would there be an elephant in the room if such a thing were possible? What I'm talking about is the is the women-only framing of the program that you have created. Now, I've noticed um, in recent years, kind of reduction in the amount of time and attention that's given to specifically women and gender related issues in the intercultural training field. And maybe that's natural as it becomes kind of less extraordinary for individuals to cross the traditional barriers of what is a man's role and a woman's role in different societies. So that, that's been happening. But on the other hand, there's a very lively discussion uh, currently in the English-speaking world about women-only spaces, and especially about who defines uh, who can enter those spaces. So I'm wondering, is that a conversation that's happening uh, where you are? And is it something that could be relevant to a women's leadership development program? That's my question to you before we kick off the main discussion. Yeah, thank you very much for the question, because it's very interesting. And I think, yes, it could be the elephant in the room, but it's also maybe because, yeah, we don't want to have some uncomfortable conversation. That is the other, let's say, big topic and why also I think we're doing this podcast. And for me, actually, um, 
I didn't want and I always say, so I'm Italian, I'm based in Malta, so I'm, let's say, in the Mediterranean area. And, and when we started this women and leadership program, it was not a normal one in the sense we, we don't do women and leadership, but it was across cultures and generations. So the intercultural lens is also something that we wanted to have. So, yeah, it could be a single gender space in it. And then I, I kind I will explain. But our aim was to use this intercultural lens. And why this is important? Because, yeah, men and women, they have actually different experiences in their own culture of origin and then in the culture of destination if they're moving. So our aim was since the beginning, and for me especially, was very, very important to keep this intercultural lens. And, and I can tell you just briefly my story because I seems young, but I'm not so young. So actually, um, I, I did my, my, my dissertation for my bachelor in Brazil and was about the feminist theology of liberation. So my aim was to see how women could use religion to liberate themselves. And I spent a lot of time with women working in politics there, um, lawyers, and they were all part of these like communities, um, Catholic and, and Lutheran community, and they were using the Bible to empower themselves. So it was a very, very interesting experience for me. And when I came back from Brazil, I started looking for um, women groups in Italy and what I found was they're, they're not people of my age, they were um, much, much senior, uh, more senior. And then there was this idea of being only women among women and discussing women things. And I, back then I thought already that something was missing also because there, there was anger also at that time. So it was not actually a positive conversation about also what we we how we could interact with men. So maybe it was like the wrong groups I I, I got in touch with. But for me it was I like I like men. I, I have a lot of friends, so I want to do something together with men and not like against them. So I want that together we can find our our spaces. And I think we need men in these conversations because otherwise. We build. We, we don't build bridges, but we build actually walls against each other. And so then uh, they will start complaining. Oh, but we are the one discriminated. We are the one. So who is the one who is actually discriminated? So that was always, let's say, there in my life. And then I started working in the intercultural field. So I'm building, let's say, coming from these two worlds and through and two experiences. At the same time, like again, being a woman in a Mediterranean country, from another Mediterranean country, I could really see that there are things that are a, a woman experience. And so we cannot not consider the context, the context of origin and the context of destination when we discuss about cultures, migration and international mobility. This is why the idea was to have, again, this yeah, single gender space for women because there is still a need for having this conversation and it is more self-awareness for women to understand where we are coming from. So what are, what are the values of our culture of origin? What are the values of our culture of destination? What are the values of the young women? And what are the values of the elder women? And so how we can also help each other like navigate this also global world and global experiences. 
But of course, then as soon as I have the opportunities, I was not part of this program. But for example, last year I was teaching gender and social policy at the University of Malta. And I always bring also men into the conversation because uh, I think it's, it's, it's very much needed. And also because we can see their perspective and we can see how we can yeah, build these bridges together. Well, I must say, I love the idea of uh, religion as a liberating philosophy for women, that's something that really reverses my expectations and, and that must mean there's something very interesting going on there. I, I want to hear more about it. Um, but I think you've uh, answered the question in a way that, um, that means that the conversation in the Mediterranean uh, area is is a little bit different from what uh, we have in the uh, English-speaking countries. So uh, that that is interesting. Um, um, but before we go any further, could we hear a little bit more about your story, your um, journey into the intercultural field as a person and as a professional? Absolutely. So yeah, after Brazil, there was yeah my first experience of the intercultural world. Uh, as many students in political sciences, my dream was to work at the United Nations and I managed. So my first internship was at the United Nations in Italy and the second one was in New York. And there I had a feeling also what yeah, the United Nations can do and this, let's say, international and global space. Um, but then I realized I didn't want actually to be a diplomat, but I wanted to be an expert, be able to provide, to provide um, diplomats and government with information expertise so to be able then to address specific topics and issues so when i came back to italy my aim was to uh, study and research topics related to international mobility interculturalism uh, cultural diversity diversity and inclusion so then to be able to help my society or let's say any anyone let's say all over the world and i did this um, as a consultant as a researcher uh, for a few years, uh, quite a, 10 years almost in Italy, or based in Italy, but traveling all over the world. And then in 2017, I, I arrived in Malta. And yeah, for the people that never been to Malta, you should come, because it's a very, very interesting place. Uh, it is a nice British colony, a Mediterranean country, and it's very um, international and very diverse. Uh, the Maltese population is not able to... Um, provide like Maltese workforce for all the jobs that are now in the island. And so in a company, in most of the companies, you don't find only Maltese, but you find like Italians, uh, British, Finn, uh, South Africans, Australians, uh, and you name it. So for me, it was the right place to start something um, on a different level. So not only for like NGOs or education or uh, like government, but for companies. And when I started thinking about what I do and what I wanted to do, uh, global mindset development was really the term that came to my mind because it was like, it's not only cultures, but it's helping people to have in a mindset and change maybe their mindset and be open, curious um, of the diversity. And I was coming from Italy and the last year I was in Italy, society became really against, let's say, the diversity, against migration. So we had a little bit of like a hard reaction to the last migration waves. And, and for Malta, my dream when I started was, let's see if I can give people tools and strategies to manage these diversities and see 
um, how they can enjoy. And then from Malta, of course, um, we scale up and it's something it, it can really work globally. And, and through the past few years, I've been working globally, like from Sweden to the US, uh, Belgium. So yeah, that was the, the idea and what I'm doing right now. So if I count the continents correctly, I think we've talked about Latin America, North America, Europe. That's already a lot of traveling, but it sounds like in Malta you have kind of the world's cultures right there on your doorstep. It sounds like a fascinating place to be an intercultural. So yeah, I'm intrigued. I, I want to know more. But let's move to the the, the program that you've been uh, developing with, I think, your colleague Maura Di Mauro. The Women's Leadership Development Program. Can you talk to me about the goals of that program for you as the organizers and for the participants who join the program? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's Women Leadership uh, Development Program across cultures and generation. And this, again, for me is, is important because we are both interculturalists, Mara and myself. And so we come from this world. And also the other coaches that we involved. Um, they are from the intercultural field. And, and our aim was to provide a space, especially for either migrant women or women living in a different countries uh, or women that are working internationally and provide them this space for uh, discussion, but also giving them skills related to, again, like self-confidence, self-awareness, but also practical skills like budgeting, uh, how to do like your finance if you want to start um a, a startup or your own business. So that was the aim. And the way we structured the program was a training part that Maura and myself would be delivering. But then there were also like coaching session, like team coaching session, and then mentoring. Because we found also that mentoring, especially across cultures and across generations, could really be very, very powerful. The first edition was online, but now we are planning um, a second one in May, uh, in person in Malta. So that would be amazing because it would also be like a physical space, a time that we can spend together. And and I think also it's something that now we, we need, we want. And so we hope that we can um, get a, a few women to, because of course the program is for a maximum of 15 women because we want to have like something dedicated and also let's say a safe space. Uh, and so it will be May 2022 in Malta. Well, uh, that sounds very exciting and uh, I guess now is the time to get registered for the programme because it sounds like it's going to be fully booked very soon. Um, brilliant. Um, so let's just go to the content of the programme briefly and, and think um, about the, the whole basis for running uh, a leadership development programme for women. So let's say you and I are on a project together. Uh, you and I uh, go to a culture which is outside Europe, uh, you experience that culture as a woman, I experience that culture as a man. Do we experience that culture differently because of those gender roles? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, to a certain extent, yes, in the sense that, as I mentioned before, we try to understand the culture of origin and how, let's say, men and women have a different experience in their context of origin and in um, in their culture. And so where are the areas that they should improve in terms of like self-confidence or skills that they should develop? And again, an example for from my life, and I want to, to sound too harsh, but sometimes we think that like the women problem is just in like 
some society like I don't know Afghanistan or more um, let's say um, machista society it could be like South America um, but even in Italy you have you can experience still and I'm from the north of Italy so but still in the north of Italy you 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 can experience that uh, a man is just more than a woman and and there is always this um, yeah it, it's not let's say the equality is there, is on paper, but when I do a training, I can really feel that the people in the room, they will trust more uh, a man than myself, so I have to prove myself more. So the more you are aware of this contest, so the, cont the contest you are coming from and the contest you are going to operate, you already know, and you, the idea, I think this is in general for all our intercultural trainer, uh, training is, we don't want you to get frustrated for something that you could be aware before, and so having the skills and the tools to manage that situation. And and I was like a few weeks ago, I was in Amsterdam with a, a, a trainer from Sweden, and she uh, was telling me the experience that she had in Milan that was kind of shocking for her coming from, uh, let's say, Sweden. And, and of course, the more you are prepared, the more you know what to expect, and you can also let's say, play around some things, also with irony or with all, let's say, the tools that we know in the intercultural field that you can you can use and so still be effective and don't be frustrated and, and be yourself at the same time. Well, that makes a, a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get it now. Um, so with the benefit of an intercultural lens, as you are designing uh, a leadership program, what kind of issues should uh, a, a leadership trainer take into account? How will that intercultural lens um, affect the approach you take to leadership training for an international role? For me, it's, it's like, again, is is be aware. And I know that this is also, let's say, part of the work we as an intercultural trainer, we should do before or any, let's say, leadership training. So I always try to get as much as information as possible also because I don't want to assume, because maybe sometimes you have people that have like different experience in the room. And so um, you want to tailor and to target in a way that is comfortable also for them. And so create this space and also then be able to adjust. So I think the best leadership training are also something that is not, let's say, pre-packaged, pre but it's something that also you can adjust. And this is an answer was actually a leadership training. Uh, that we deliver and in part of the three days one was exactly about intercultural communication and the intercultural field and it was very very interesting because many things then came out and it was really having these uncomfortable conversations but then of course you should be also able to respect and guide and, and not I, I think it's also this is something I always say in my training you should be able not to judge what is going on in that situation and also because we know across culture there's no right or wrong but there are also let's say personal experiences different cultures different uh, values so this is really an effort i think we should do in respecting understanding supporting and then yeah help them to deal with all this complexity because then it's not only the leadership training is what happened let's say after the training and in your in your daily daily life Thank you for those wise words. That uh, it makes a lot of sense. Now, 
I believe that, uh, as I said, there's going to be a lot of demand for your particular program. And currently, that uh, only 15 lucky women are going to get into, I think, the next uh, the next cohort. Uh, but there are other resources available for women who want to take the first steps into a leadership role. Um, so. Can you say what kind of resources are available for someone who's uh, moving into a leadership position or is in, interested in the kind of skills that you're developing? Yes, yes, absolutely. So let, let's say also that the program came after actually two events that we did. The first one was in Italy, in Milan, in September 2020. And we had a very good tur turnout of people online and in person. We have more than 100 women and men that attended the event. So that was the first one. The second one was the 8th of March, 2021. And so after the two events, we decided there was the need of do something more, uh, more structured. So this is why we created the program. But of course, we are doing this also with other coaches, as I mentioned, and both of the coaches, Andrea and Pamela, are also experts in supporting women living abroad. So that was also, again, and they have uh, groups, uh, a Facebook group especially, for women abroad, that also is, I think, more than a thousand of women. And, and then also we are partnering with a, an organization in, in Italy that is called DEA, Donne Che Ammiro, and it's also a network of women, and they also have more than a thousand of members on Facebook, and they're very, very active. So every day there are like conversations, podcasts, uh, books uh, about how can women, women can support each other. So, um, and then, it is a topic nowadays that is uh, also supported by the United Nations, the European Union. So you can also find like different courses and programs that can uh, really of value. Perfect. And a very good point that there are large communities out there are already Absolutely. ready to uh, support women who are moving into leadership roles and already occupying them. So uh, very good. Uh, Viviana, you are so generous in putting your thoughts and your work, your research out into the public domain. So thank you for doing that. And I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. As you know, we're here on the Intercultural Toolbox podcast. And so, of course, this is now my moment to ask you, Viviana, or I should say Dr. Viviana Premazzi, what is your contribution to the Intercultural Toolbox? So one, I would say, is... For me, it's a tool, but maybe it's not so. Um, it's not a book, or but I, I'd like to share because I think the first tool for an intercultural, intercultural toolbox is curiosity, and also going and experience the culture. So the first year I was in Malta, I remember my colleagues said actually they only stay in what is called the expat circle, so only with other like international people. While I was going to any. Maltese festa, traditional event, etc. And it's, I think, the best way to really get to know the culture, get to know also if you think you can, let's say, fit in this culture, because otherwise, again, there are only stereotypes that maybe you have or superficial experience. So I think one intercultural tool for me is really curiosity and go to experience the culture. And in Italian, it can be difficult, for example, for food, but it's also something you can experience. So experience the different food and then after you have experience, you can say, I like, I don't like, but don't do it before. So that is, um, that is for sure. Brilliant. Uh, and you're in Valletta, capital of Malta. Is there an expat circle in Valletta? Yeah, no, you, you have expat migrants. And also here, let's say the definition, I define myself as a migrant, even 
again, I'm a privileged migrant, but it, I maybe sometimes someone said the expats are the one that are paid by the government, so working for the government. So, but let's say uh, no, they are actually, or they are more in Saint Julian's, Lima, and yes, Valletta, so the north of of the island. But then there are online groups also. So also in that case, there are a lot, a lot of support for for expats. Brilliant. Okay, so we are putting curiosity and getting out of the expat zone into the intercultural toolbox. That, that's fabulous. Thank you again for that. Now, um, it's, we're going to be time to wrap up soon, but I'd like to hear before we do that, what, what is next for GMD, Global Mindset Development, and what is next for the Women's Leadership Development Program? You have a, another program coming up in 2022. Yes, yeah, so in, in that case, it will be a physical retreat in Malta, probably in May, because in May, Malta will host also the CETAR uh, Congress 2022. So we will try also to, to link that to, to the event, even if, yeah, probably will not be uh, so official, but to we'll have in the same day. So also people that have an interest in the intercultural uh, field maybe can join as guests or expert or participant. Uh, the idea is to have yeah this physical space together. Uh, there will be training, but also very like interactive team building uh, because yeah we we can also do team building online. But when you are like in in, in person, also have all this let's say experience uh, in person can be really uh, worthy. And then after after as was for the online, uh, there will be then three sessions of uh, team coaching. And then after the team coaching or while uh, together with the team coaching, they could also have like uh, a mentor uh, to a couple of uh, group that one that I mentioned before, Dea Donne Camiro, so there will be mentors uh, from that group. And the other is an organization based in UK called X Sector Mentor. And they will also will provide like um, mentors from all over the world. Well, that is so exciting and congratulations on everything you've achieved so far. This is brilliant. Um, now, there are going to, be people, going to be people who want to get in contact with you. And so my question is, what's the best way for them to do that? How can they get in touch? So uh, they can find me on all the social media kind of. So for sure, they can reach me on LinkedIn. We also have our LinkedIn page, Global Mindset Development. The same for Facebook that they're actually using for business because, and this is also cultural, in Malta, everyone is on Facebook. All the HR managers are on Facebook, so you have to be there professionally. On Facebook, we also have our Facebook group, Global Mindset Developers, where we share also like uh, strategy, tools, uh, books, uh, everything related to what I think and I consider be interesting for a global mindset and people interested in the global mindset. And also for maybe the young, but not only the young, we have also Instagram, the GMD account on Instagram and YouTube. Well, Dr. Viviana Bremazzi, thank you so much for being on the Intercultural Toolbox podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having me.